Idleman Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. I want to see your face Pass me by the crowds of people The priests who sing your praise Hello, my name is Shane Idleman, and I'm the pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California. It is my personal heart and goal for you to see truth through a biblical perspective. I hope that you enjoy this segment of Idleman Unplugged. Oh, all right, everyone. I'm excited about this episode of Idleman Unplugged, Hope for the Hurting. Divorce, separation is reconciliation, always God's will. Now, I'm going to read some scriptures here in just a minute, and I want to encourage you, if you didn't hear my last podcast, I think it was one designed for pastors. It could have been just released as Idleman Unplugged. I don't remember, but it was, does divorce disqualify a person from pastoring? Does divorce disqualify a person from pastoring? So you can look that up on YouTube, I believe, uh, with that title and put my name in there. Same with iTunes or Podbeam or wherever you're listening to this. And I talk more about the pastorate, what that looks like. I try to keep that podcast under 20 minutes. And then also my personal experience, what my past uh, looks like when I was in my 20s in the 1990s what happened to me and, and how I handled that and what what led to the pastorate. And so you can listen to that and I'm not going to rehash. Actually, I might, if I remember, I'll try to put this in the description. If I can do that on YouTube and the other media platforms, I'll, I'll try to remember to include that link to that one so you can just click it and listen. But this is going to be more for the general population. And of course, the, the main verse that a lot of people focus on is Matthew 532. I'm going to read it from the English Standard Version. And my perspective has always been that we take this issue very seriously. Um, we don't just, you know, approach it as no fault divorce, not a big deal. God hates divorce. Anyone who has been there knows why. It's a, it's just a, it's an embarrassment. It's a shame. It really hurts our children. Uh, the enemy wins for a season, and so we we are a church of reconciliation, uh, a church of of really not looking for Plan B. And uh, we don't want to give people the out clause. However, we also realize that divorce is not the unpardonable sin. Rejecting Jesus Christ is the unpardonable sin. And so there is a lot of grace, a lot of mercy, uh, being be slow to speak, quick to listen. Uh, a lot of time has to go by many times before you can really adequately make decisions on moving forward. So I've, I've unpacked some of that in that podcast I just recommended about divorce disqualifying a person from pastoring. Does it or does it not? So you can listen to that. But let's tackle this right now. Matthew 532 in the English Standard Version. I'm just going to read it, give you my thoughts. But I say to to you, because uh, you know the context is, you know, you say this about divorce and it's really no fault divorce. It's easy. Uh, it's not a big deal. But Jesus says, but I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, again, in Jesus's time, the, the husband could divorce the wife. I don't believe the wife could divorce the husband. Obviously, a lot has changed. So if you divorce your wife for anything except on the ground of sexual immorality, you are making her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. So if you're going to marry someone who is divorced, uh, again, in my, from my perspective, if that person is divorced, uh, from a biblical perspective, say her spouse died, uh, there was marital unfaithfulness, uh, he was an unbeliever, and he left her 
Paul would say they are not under bondage in such cases. Again, I fully exhausted this in the other podcast, so I don't want to really reiterate a lot of what I already said. Then, then you, there are grounds for remarriage. Now the question comes up, Oh, I did marry a divorced woman, you know, a while years ago and we've got kids now and Oh my goodness, do I have to divorce her and then give up the, 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 the mom of my kids and then try to go find this other person? No, 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 don't, don't, don't think God is looking at the heart. And we have to always remember that God is looking at the heart. Years have gone by and you, you both say, Lord, we were so wrong. We should have, we, we should have fully exhausted our, our, our resources back then and maybe worked on reconciliation. Uh, the person I'm married to now got divorced and it wasn't biblical. And Lord, we are repenting. We are so sorry. We can't fix this problem now, Lord, but we come to you with a broken and contrite heart, a spirit. God, please shed your mercy and grace and love upon us. And he can, and he will. Now, if you can go and fix something, then by all means you fix it. And you see, that's why there's not, everybody wants this, this yes or no approach, no gray area. Okay. You know, your wife, uh, was divorced 10 years ago and it wasn't a biblical divorce. And now you shouldn't be married to her. You need to end that. And no, no, you're reading way too much into that. But on the flip side, we don't want to be flippant. Hey, it's no big deal. And you meet someone, oh, you're divorced right now. Yeah, we're really separated and we're getting a divorce. Okay, no problem. I'll, I'll, I'll continue to date you. Uh, not a good idea. Or yeah, I'm divorced. I got a divorce, you know, six months ago and I just decided, you know, he wasn't right for me and I need to move on. I need somebody who's uh, more energetic, more somebody who's more, you know, knows me who I am and knows really, know, you know, my soul. It's a, it's a, it's a soul tie there. And I really need somebody who listens to me and understands me. And, and you say, oh yeah, no, I understand. And you marry her. That's uh, not good. That, that's not a, uh, oh, a wise decision. And so again, every situation is, there's so many different dynamics taking place, but on one hand, you take God's word seriously. You fight for your marriage. You contend for it. You wait and you wait and you wait. But on the other hand, you understand God's mercy and love and grace. And if time has gone by, years have gone by and there's not much you can do, you know, God sees your heart. So again, we believe, we teach that there are a couple different ways a person can remarriage. We don't uh, say, think here, um, everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual immorality, we believe that that has to do with a wandering eye, somebody who consistently cheats on their spouse. Um, if you have, if you've experienced adultery or it's, you've committed or your spouse has committed, there is still hope. We believe that God can restore. There is still hope. Uh, Hosea is a great example in the, in the old Testament. And we never want to say, oh, well, your spouse cheated on you. Yeah, fine. Serve them with divorce papers and move on. That that's I don't think that's the heart of God. I don't think that's the right approach. But it seems to be here there's a consistent pattern of unfaithfulness, uh, maybe a lying and manipulating and and just you know, this this person broke the covenant. I I, I can't continue to go down this this path. And I believe God gives us that out. But again, there's it's it's bathed in prayer. It's it's not something that is rushed. Where others would teach that this area of sexual immorality here in this, except on the ground, sexual immorality has to do with once you get married, you find out, uh oh, she's not a virgin. You have grounds to divorce her. I, I don't see that here at all. I think that's a, um, uh, that's a reading into this, something that's just not there uh, because we believe so strong in marriage and we are so against divorce that sometimes we can make the, the, the loophole so small that nobody can climb through. 
Now, with that said, I don't think we should be looking at the scriptures for loopholes. We should be looking at the scriptures to see how we can reconcile and renew and restore our marriage. But it doesn't always work that way. Many of you know that. So I like what Jay Nolan said here. He was a commentator uh, commenting on this passage that when Jesus said that, that you cannot get a divorce except on the ground of sexual immorality. And if you do divorce her, you're making her commit adultery. And you don't want to um, marry someone who has committed adultery. And so you can read that yourself, Matthew 5, 32. Uh, I think the NIV has a good translation, as does the New King James. So Jay Nolan on this point said this, the normal understanding of Matthew 5, 32, at least the front, the, the back end of it, runs the danger of leaving the woman involved a double victim. Number one, she has been divorced by a husband who may very well have rejected her at his own whim. If you look at verse 31, I'll put that in context. And is now, now she's to be barred from any new relationship because she bears the stigma of divorce. So she, she's a double victim there. Now, in the context of a search for the most original form of, for divorce materials found in the Gospels, uh, and this is again John J. Nolan here, I have argued elsewhere that, and in Luke 16, 18, that it carries the sense of a woman, let me see if I can find it, a woman who has gained a divorce rather than the normal passive force, a woman who has been divorced and has in the mind the situation of a woman who has manipulated her situation so as to gain divorce. So there's a lot there. My point on this is, depending on the heart of the woman, he's absolutely right. Um, she, have, she, she could have manipulated her situation and the divorce is the outcome. Or she's a double victim because her husband says, I don't want to be married to you anymore. Boom, divorce. And now because of that, you can't marry anymore. You can't marry anyone. So you're, 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 you're not only is what's happening now going to be detrimental, but your future is also now uh, in jeopardy. And so I don't, I don't see that. I see Jesus gives an out clause here. Matthew 5 32 uh, really has twofold warning. Uh, number one, I believe this is J J Nolan again, do not divorce without cause. Do not divorce without cause. How often have we heard the opposite? No fault divorce. And that's not the case. There has to be a legitimate biblical grounds. Do not pursue. Here's the second thing. Do not pursue a relationship with someone who has abandoned their spouse. Unfortunately, many add, if you've experienced divorce, you cannot remarry ever, 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 period, end of story. But not only does the text not say this, this statement actually condemns someone for the actions of another, forbidding remarriage because the actions of the previous spouse. So that is so true that um, a person is condemned. Let's example, let's give example. Um, uh, there's a 28 year old woman, loves the Lord. Her husband divorces her, nothing she can do about it. And she's just he's moved on and now she has to remain single. You know, just, that just doesn't make any sense. So, you know, clearly uh, I'm not advocating divorce and nor am I saying that if you are currently separated, that divorce is an option because better opportunities await you. God hates divorce. Anyone who's, who's been there knows why first and foremost, I believe in reconciliation 
and restoration and that most people give up too soon. But restoration is not always an option, especially in light of, of Matthew 5.32 and also 1 Corinthians 7. Take time and read that. This is why a personal relationship with Jesus along with genuine brokenness and repentance is vitally important. Through that relationship, I want to be clear here, and only through that relationship can we make the right decision as we answer the question whether to hold on or whether to move on. So many people want to know, do I hold on or do I move on? Shane, what do you think? Well, it's not what I think. What does God think? And the closer you draw to him, the more time you spend with him, you'll be able to answer that question. Lord, do I hold on or do I move on? Now, of course, 1 Corinthians 7 comes into play and it's a difficult scripture for some people because it deals with divorce and separation. It says, uh, to the married, Paul is saying, to the married, I give this charge. Not I, but the Lord. So he's adamant here. Hey, this isn't just some good advice from Paul. This is the Lord, the Lord's heart on this matter. The wife should not separate from her husband, but if she does, she should remain unmarried. Did you catch that? A wife should not separate from her husband or vice versa if her husband separates as well. And if they do, and there's no biblical grounds, they should remain unmarried or be reconciled at a later date to their spouse. And the husband, he goes on to say, should not divorce the wife. So this clearly states that Christians who are divorced uh, or separated unless scripturally released, should not remarry. But even then, I believe that forgiveness and restoration should be sought in most cases. You know, if this scripture was fully acknowledged, I believe it would create more serious consideration before marriage, and it would be a great deterrent to divorce. There would be fewer divorces without cause and more reconciliations. And I also believe a lack of regard for this scripture has taken us to the other extreme. No fault divorce and no fault divorce is not biblical. However, if the one that has left is an unbeliever and shows no desire for reconciliation after a significant amount of time, uh, you know, comes into play, I believe verse 15 in first Corinthians seven offers direction. But if the unbelieving partner separates, let it be so. In such cases, the brother or sister is not enslaved. God has called you to Peace, again, English Standard Version. So if an unbeliever leaves and has no intention of returning, apparently that's a different scenario than two believers who decide to separate. In their case, they they need to stay separated and not remarry. Uh, And God does not want the other one enslaved to the past if it's an unbeliever. He wants them to live in peace. Never being free to marry again under the right circumstances, of course, would clearly be enslavement. So let's unpack this for a minute. We just talked about sexual morality that we believe that there are biblical grounds. However, God can restore uh, unless that person is just a player and they're moving on and you need to move on. But you know, if you've got two believing spouses and sexual immorality hasn't taken place, uh, or maybe it has maybe one time and there's forgiveness and restoration and some other things come up and I know it's it's hard to believe, but there are people, usually those who are not really filled with the Holy Spirit, not walking closely with him and not in God's word, obeying God's word. You know, there, the separation occurs between two married Christians. And then in that case, 
Paul said, hey, you know, just stay, t- stay separated for now. And that's why we're not opposed sometimes to separation, because that can, that can give us time to think. It can remove us from the the environment and give us time to think and ponder really what we're about to lose and really what is God doing in my own heart. So in some cases, separation uh, can be a, a good, a good, good, good thing if the goal is restoration. Doesn't mean it always happens, but that should be the goal. So, and then we also see here if you have an unbeliever and they depart, they depart. They say, you know what? I'm done. I'm out of here. Now, of course, he doesn't talk about kids in the equation and how do you handle that? And boy, oh boy, that's why marriage is so serious. And you have to really seek God on this before making this monumental decision. But it appears to uh, say from scripture that if an unbeliever departs, that the person is not under bondage. In other words, not bound to that relationship in such cases. Now, I don't know how else you'd read that, because if not under bondage means you can never remarry again, and what's the point? You are under bondage. Uh, So again, take these to the Lord. We don't want to rush into anything. We don't want to have a plan B, you know, and also time needs to go by. Uh, How much time needs to go by? Well, only God knows, but I would encourage erring on the side of waiting too long than rushing ahead and not giving it enough time. You know, even when remarriage is not an option, it's wise to allow a significant amount of time to pass before moving forward. And this may reveal if the person left only for a season or has chosen to leave permanently. Time also allows for emotional wholeness to return and prevents, uh, prevents this, this, um, this, what they call false leadings, you know, how you're, you're kind of, uh, taken away by your emotions and like high one day, low the next and giving it time really allows you to, uh, sort through the relationship. And also at this point, it's wise to discontinue any relationship that is not God honoring or God centered because it will cloud your judgment. So many people, um, jump into plan B. You know what? I'm separated or we just got divorced and I'm I'm going to just go start dating again. Bad, bad, bad idea. And I wonder often how many marriages are never restored simply because people immediately became involved in another relationships and did not wait on the Lord. We have to remember restoration is a process. Did you get that? Restoration is a process and you can't push it you can't speed it up. You can't try to hurry it through. You can't send them text messages and send them flowers and, and try to push, push, push. Many times you, you don't want to be the Velcro man or the Velcro woman. You need to back away. Dr. Dobson talks about this in his book, Love Must Be Tough. And you want to just give that person time to process everything. And you also don't want to abort the process because you're in a hurry. I know so many people that are in a hurry to get reconciled that they actually do more damage because they're pushing and they're pressuring and, and you get in fights and arguments and it's heated and it's just not good. Healing and direction take time and patience. Remember, if it took years to damage the marriage, it may take a significant amount of time to rebuild the marriage or for emotional wholeness to be restored. Now, please don't understand, scripture warns warns against pursuing relationships with someone who has abandoned their covenant to another. They also the scriptures also serve as a warning to those considering divorce without cause. This should not be taken lightly. Bing, 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 bing. Again, that's my big disclaimer. That's why I encourage those who are separated uh, and and maybe moving towards div- divorce to exhaust all avenues of restoration. 
and allow a significant amount of time to pass after the divorce has taken place, and especially during the separation. Don't even consider remarriage while you're separated. I mean, it should, um, remarriage to another, I mean, that, that, I mean that, that shouldn't even be on our radar. We have to you know, wonder what God is doing. Uh, and then even after divorce, um, you know, gosh, I, again, depending on the situation, but I would recommend that a significant amount of time takes place. I mean, you're talking a few years to really seek God and, and to see what the other spouse is, what's God going to do with the other spouse. And is God going to release you, even though you've been released biblically? Uh, if you haven't been released biblically, boy, oh boy, you know, that's just some dangerous water there. But my point too is I don't want people to leave this podcast in shame and guilt because of what happened years ago. You can't fix everything. You can't go back and redo everything. Uh, you know, if you say, man, I, I, I didn't have, I didn't have, um, justification for my divorce. Oh, Shane, what am I going to do? It's been, you know, four years and I'm married. They're married. Well, you got to work with what you have and God will see your heart. God, God might say, you know what? I see that your heart is reconciliation or was reconciliation, but it's not going to happen. Uh, just like David who couldn't build the temple because he shed too much blood. Uh, he, he, God said, I see it's on your heart, David. I see your heart, your heart is right, but you're not going to build the temple. And that could be the same in this case. So you don't want to beat yourself up. Now, granted, if you can repair it, repair it. If you need to repent and get your heart right and, uh, repent, get your heart right. For example, you might want to go back to your spouse and ex-spouse and say, you know what? I dropped the ball on that. I rushed ahead and I wasn't the husband you need to be or the spouse. And I just want to apologize for that. I want to own that. I want to repent of that. I know, you know, there's not a hope going forward because you're already in a relationship and you've got a, a wonderful child and so do I. And, but I wanted to just, just <clears throat> to at least confess that and bring that to the open and hopefully they would do the same. But only if a year has gone by and they haven't remarried, you haven't remarried, you know, um, God might restore that. But then, you know, I've, I've been asked questions. Well, Shane, you know, the marriage they're in is not biblical. Should they divorce that person and then come back to me? You know, <laughs> boy, what a tangled web we weave, right? I, I mean, I, I'm not going to be the person who answers that question. But I have seen sometimes a person gets married to someone no kids or anything yet, you know, and gosh, they're three months into this marriage or six months. And they're like, Oh my, I have made a mistake. What was I thinking? And then they divorce that person, uh, maybe an, an annulment because it's been so soon, depending on the time period. And then they go back to their spouse and uh, a wonderful thing takes place, a beautiful marriage. And so, you know, it, it's, there are so many different what ifs and, and scenarios. And that's why I don't think a pastor should tell you what to do. Uh, now, granted, we can tell you what the Bible says, and here's what God's Word says, And uh, but I think you need to take it to the Lord. You need to take a season of prayer and fasting and waiting on Him and not rushing, removing the distractions, uh, those, those people that tell you what you want to hear and not what you need to hear. You go to your hairdresser and they tell you, yeah, divorce that guy, man. You should take him for all he's got. Wrong counsel. Get counsel from God, from His Word, and from godly counsel. And then you have to live with the conviction when you make that decision. So that would be my thoughts. But before I end it, I want to I want to look again at the the question uh, that came in. 
<clears throat> hope for the hurting. Divorce separation is reconciliation. Always God's will. Now, that's an interesting phrase or question or, or wording because reconciliation is God's will. So, I mean, I would say is reconciliation always God's will, but then you get into the question, perfect will of God, the permissive will of God, what he allows. So I think his heart is reconciliation. I do. So I would say, um, I believe God, God's heart is reconciliation. I believe his will is that marriages are restored and, um, unions are marriage unions are healed. However, that doesn't always happen. He allows people to live with the choices they make. So I think his his heart is reconciliation, but he also understands in the brokenness of our world that that's not going to always happen. And he's going to give grace and mercy to those who are seeking him and who have had, have a checkered past. And um, it's really not, the question is, another question isn't God allowing divorce, um, or I should say God allows divorce, um, but he's not commanding divorce. And what I mean by that is I, I wrote down my notes here and, and didn't, um, I, I don't know if I have time to fully uh, tackle this top part of it, but it does come up. So um, just because God allows something, God allows divorce, doesn't mean that he is um, going to um, be on the person's side if they're not walking with him. Like, Hey, you know, God, God allows divorce. You know, it's not my, it's, 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 it's not my fault necessarily. And God's going to allow this. And okay. Just because he allows it doesn't mean that it is beneficial or good. Uh, he can allow something to happen, even though it goes against his will. And so we have to be careful in this area. We have to make sure we're seeking him. Uh, is our heart right? Is there ulterior motives? Um, and you know, God is allowing the, this to happen. In other words, with, with Matthew that we discussed, God is allowing divorce in that case, but he's not commanding divorce in that case. In other words, okay, if they commit adultery, I command you to separate. No, he's allowing it if, if it's a persistent problem. And I think I should maybe clarify a little bit to a friend of mine. I've got a few friends. I don't talk to them anymore. It was back a long time ago. But this guy would cry. He would, his wife would take him back. And I know of at least three or four times over a couple of years where he would just keep cheating on her. So, you know, enough is enough. There's grounds for that. You know, that's different than the person who falls and says, I am so sorry. I never want that to happen again. And they put up safeguards and God can really heal that marriage. And so I, I my thought is don't give up too soon. Continue to fight for your marriage. Don't run ahead too soon. Uh, don't, don't formulate plan B when God maybe is still working on plan A. Remember, it's about his timing, getting your heart right. Make sure a lot of time elapses that you're not moving forward too quickly, that you're not pushing things ahead. Many Christians push ahead because they want um, they want to be uh, involved sexually again. And so, hey, let's get married. And so I can now be involved sexually again. Well, that's not a good reason. Um, that's, you know, God knows your needs and he knows uh, how he's created us and wired us. and But you got to make sure, make sure you are seeking the heart of God of this and not rushing ahead. But also want to encourage you, they... You're not wearing divorce around like the scarlet letter, you know, a big D on your forehead. 
I believe that God can use our divorce as stepping stones, not stumbling blocks, that that point of complete brokenness can lead to a deeper relationship with him. Those who have been forgiven, love, forgiven much, love much. And so through that pain of divorce, out of the ashes of a broken marriage, God can begin to rebuild and restore you if you look to him again. So let me just pray over you briefly right now. Lord, I pray for the person listening who is broken. They are hurt and they need the hope. God, would you fill them with your spirit? Can you can you show them that delay is not deny? You're not denying them wholeness and freedom, but there is a process. There are consequences in our brokenness. And Lord, would you just completely overshadow them right now with your love and your grace? Show them there's no sin too deep, uh, no no um, no breaking of your law so wide that you can't cover it with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. If they would just repent and get back on track, you you might not the marriage might not be restored, but the relationship with you will be restored. And I would rather have that than a thousand marriages that that relationship with you. So Lord, speak to them right now minister to them in their brokenness, in their pain, show them that that brokenness can turn into an unbreakable force, that they can, that brokenness can turn into a strong anointing, that they can have a deep and abiding relationship with you. And they can actually come out of this better than how they went into this. So Lord, bless them, watch them, but I also pray you convict those who are uh, playing games with this topic, who are looking at plan B, who are dating when they're separated and they should be contending for their marriage and uh, remembering their wedding vows. So Lord, would you convict them as well? And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. If you've enjoyed this episode of Idleman Unplugged, be sure to send us your ideas and topics for future episodes of the podcast. You can send us an email at westsidechristianfellowship.org or shaneidleman.com. Again, my name is Luke Duncan, and I am your host of Idleman Unplugged. Thank you for listening to us today, and join us again on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Eidelman Unplugged. For more information, visit us at shaneidelman.com. Again, that's shaneidelman.com. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality and Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these ebooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.